What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this episode of Outside the Arena with Rob and Griff. I'm Griffin Tenek, joined by my co-host, Rob Goldberger. And we're back, and it has been an absolutely crazy week in sports. We obviously had the MLB trade deadline. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. We also saw the first NFL preseason game, the Hall of Fame game between the Jaguars and the Raiders. Not too much action there, although Josh Jacobs uh, did get a few snaps. We saw Trayvon Walker get a sack. So there was some action, not the most, but, you know, the NFL keeps keeps chugging away. There's some storylines here and there. But the story of the day is the MLB and the trade deadline specifically. Obviously, it happened this past Tuesday, August 2nd. So some of this news is a little... You know, it's been in the news for a little bit, but we're going to start off, obviously, with the biggest trade, arguably in the history of the sport, which is the Juan Soto trade. Juan Soto and Josh Bell sent to San Diego for package, including Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel, James Wood, Harlan, Harleen Susana, and Luke Voigt. Very, I mean, that's a, a heck of a lot of young talent, as good of a as good of a package as we've ever seen and still feels like not enough, which is kind of crazy. Um, I mean, your thoughts on this deal, obviously the Padres, this deadline also went out, acquired Josh Hader and uh, acquired Brandon Drury. So one of the greatest deadlines, I think in the history of the sport for, you know, an individual team. I mean, what an absolute trade for them. And I mean, this puts them right up there in the national league in terms of contention. Yeah. I mean, they're right there right now, obviously I think, Obviously, getting Soto and Bell was just insane. But like you said, despite the amount of young talent they traded, obviously, I think Mackenzie Gore is like the absolute headline. Like, if this trade is going to absolutely work out, Mackenzie Gore is going to have to become a shutdown ace, to be honest. One of the best in the sport to even look like it's fair value. And, you know, obviously, Hassel and Abrams will have to pin on as well. And those three guys were obviously, you know, the most well-known, I guess, prospects dealt with the trade. But I just think it's like, like you said, you mentioned that, it's not enough even for like a 23-year-old one. So, you know, I saw Jeff Passon talking about ESPN and he said, you know, it's it's crazy because despite the amount of players, you just feel like there's so much more talent coming San Diego's way. Like, it's just unbelievable to me that they just, they have 23-year-old Ted Williams and they just trade it. Like, I, I'm still in, dis- in disbelief that a deal got done over the deadline. Obviously, Griff and I both thought over the past couple of weeks that, you know, this was at least going to have to wait until the offseason if a trade was going to happen, and it, it didn't. And like you said, I just don't think – for the Padres, I mean, talk, like you said, I mean, you were talking about A.J. Preller a lot last week on the on this podcast, and boy, did he, he backed you up there, man. I mean, Hater, uh, and that haul for Hater was really nothing. I mean, for one of the best. Yeah, they DFA'd one of the guys, too. Yeah, who's a Rocky now already. But it's just like, it's, uh, you know, I good for AJ Preller and good for the San Diego Padres. And I do want to say, like, it's, you know, you saw a lot of executives come out and say, I don't know if you've read any piece in The Athletic or ESPN, but they've sort of said, how are the Padres doing this? Or why do the Padres want to keep this model sustainability? Like, I just don't, like, because they're putting fans in the seats. Like people want to see this baseball team play. It's sort of like the opposite of the Washington Nationals in a sense, but it's it's uh, you know it's I'm just in disbelief that the 23 year old. Obviously, I mean I understand the package he was traded for, but this is Juan Soto we're talking about, and, and, and you know the secondary piece in the trade, Josh Bell, obviously is having an unbelievable the an unbelievable this year. He's been one of the best, you know, I guess left handed hitters in the entire National League. But it's just it's ridiculous to me. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, as crazy as a trade as we'll ever see. I was 
quickly tallying, uh, if you saw our video last week, we predicted the trade deadline, and uh, it was a pretty bad prediction. The only one, only team we correctly predicted a player to was Frankie Montas, the Yankees. Other than that, I think you beat me by one because you said one. Garrett Cooper would not be traded. Um, but other than that, we both got four that combined. That's four, good. To- four each, and then you got five. So, um not not our best showing, but regardless, yeah, this trade was uh, – it was crazy. And like you said, I mean, I was surprised it got done. It seemed like – I guess this team was clearly very – the Nats were clearly motivated to get it done. And, I mean, they got a haul. And you you would imagine that one of these players would pan out to be some sort of all-star. I mean, they acquired – what is it? You know, five guys who were all – considered top prospects at one time if not currently so you would think that one of these guys becomes an all-star if not better and i mean you kind of need i mean this is their the 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 washington nationals future is essentially tied to you know some of the guys they've drafted and then the two the two deadlines from the last two years Gabriel ruiz josiah gray from last year and then this package i mean this is the future of the washington nationals right here obviously looks like they'll probably have the number one overall pick this year but you know it's just crazy like you said i mean a player of one soto stature at his age being traded three I mean, players they get him for three it's absolutely crazy especially pairing him with fernando tatis manny machado and then on top of it for this year you've got josh bell brandon drury it's just pure insanity to be honest it's crazy to see a team like this Will they be able to compete with the Dodgers? Will they be able to compete with the Mets? I mean, their lineup is as good as any lineup in the major leagues at this point. Their pitching is, I guess, the one question mark. But now you got to, you know, Josh Hader's had his struggles. But, you know, at the beginning of the year, he was widely considered as the best closer in baseball. Um, So, you know, you got one of the best closers out there. It's going to be a heck of a heck of a, a year for the Padres. And, you know, a heck of a few years. They got one. So do I don't think that, you know, Juan Soto will be a Padre long term. I'd be surprised if I'd be shocked if the Padres coughed up half a billion dollars for this guy, especially with uh, Machado and Tatis on the books. But, you know, regardless, this is a great move by them. You've got what a core they have. And I mean, for the Nats, it's just a sad time to be a Nats fan. This team is not going to be good for. God no, I mean three, four years. I mean it's they're in a long they're gonna be in a long rebuild. You're low balling that. (laughs) Four years, they I feel like well maybe. It's just it just must suck. Like as if I understand they got a World Series and that's all that matters, and this is the trade-off for it. But But what like I know it uh, people say that like, oh, it's fine if it's a World Series, but like at a point you had Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, and Juan Soto on the same team. And at that point, before obviously his career fell off a cliff, Anthony Rendon is right in the conversation with those guys. I watched something on MLB Network the other day, and I forget who said it, but I was just like, I think it was maybe John Morosi. I could be totally wrong, and he was like saying how the Angels, when healthy, have three of the top ten players in the sport. And I was like, hmm? <laughs> I was like, what year are we living in? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a colossal rebuild and. It sucks from the Nats fans because, yeah, you got that World Series. You had that joy. But at the same time, it's like that happened a few years ago. It's like you don't want to be terrible. Like one of like as much as I hate teams like the New York Yankees, they're always good. They're always in the playoff race. Like that's what you want. You want a team who 
yeah, they get that World Series. And if they have a few years where, hey, maybe they make the playoffs, but they, they don't win it, you can say, hey, we got that World Series. Yeah. To go on a total rebuild like this, though, it's just like, it's just painful and just not what you want as a fan at all. So, yeah, they got that World Series. I think people are probably still, you know, happy they got that. But at the same time, it's like, it's just, it doesn't solve all the current issues. And like it sucks Pat- for, like, giving Patrick Corbin the six year contract. <laughs> I mean, look, that they got their World Series for that. And I mean, look, I don't even think, like, yeah, he sucks. I and mean, it's one of the, the worst contract probably in major leagues, but. They'll pay that off, and by the time he's gone, they're not going to be probably good still. So it really doesn't even affect them too too much. No, you're right. I think that maybe just uh, my fresh mind from last night after Patrick Corbin delivered the worst outing in the major league year so far. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he is uh, terrible. This Nationals team is terrible. I mean, you got to feel for a guy like Luke Voigt. I mean, this guy. Yeah. Uh, poor guy. The, the whole Eric Hosmer thing. I mean, good for Eric Hosmer. Like he, for sure, for sure. Like good for him not saying saying like i'm not going to this team and just being bad for you know now he's in the red sox who you know they're not great this year but at least they're you know that's a fun team to be on they're always kind of competitive and that's a fun roster and fun group of guys the nats is just like like luke void is just gonna this dude in the covid season was like everything like you couldn't stop hearing about him he was like this hot new guy and now it's like this guy's career is just in the gutter at this point can you believe that Eric Hosmer? I, I must have just slipped my mind that he's on an eight one forty four deal. It's just ridiculous to me. Like, I mean, that contract's crazy. Yeah, it's a gross con. Good for, like you said, good for Eric Hosmer, though. Good for him. Yeah, standing up. I mean, I wouldn't. You can't blame the guy, man. Like he just he knew what going to Washington would uh would do to him, and that's just not where you want to be right now. But. What a trade. I'm sure we'll be looking back on this for years to come and, you know, good for the Padres, but they got to get a, a World Series out of, yeah, out of this yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, the NL, and Griffin and I were talking about it before the podcast. I mean, the NL is just so ridiculously strong. It's It really is. I mean, so much stronger than the AL this year. You got, Griffin and I were actually just analyzing the, the standings. You know, the Phillies would be the top, would, <laughs> would have the third best record in the AL. And then, you know, they're the hanging on to that, to that last wild card spot in the NL. And it's just so much strength. The NL West and the top of the, the NL East and the top of the NL West are so strong. They really yeah. are. Very, very strong. I mean, the Central, you know, you got the Cardinals, the Brewers seem bad, but. A lot more uh, – it's going to be a hard a hard run for some of these teams in the NL, that's for sure. It seems like the AL – I mean, it feels like Yankees, Astros, ALCS is pretty much set in stone almost at this point. Maybe the Blue Jays get hot. Yeah, I yeah. mean, a team like that could get hot offensively. You have to kind of look at that and say, yeah, maybe offensively they have the they could get hot. But outside of that, like none of these teams I think would be able to even get hot and play well enough. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Astros, in my opinion – sorry, we're going we're gonna to have a little – I'm digressing a little bit here, but the Astros to me just look unbelievable right now. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more. All right. Um, we'll move on to another trade. Philadelphia Phillies. They had an interesting trade deadline. Noah Syndergaard. They got Brandon Marsh and they got David Robertson. Your thoughts on their team so far, Rob? Or so, their deadline, I should say. I was a little upset with the Ahapi trade at first because, you know, he is the best hitting prospect in our system. But I, I I understand it because he is organizationally blocked, obviously, with, you know, JT still playing at at an elite elite level. And, I, you know, he is, he's going to be here for a few more, for a few more years through that contract. You know, Hoppy's got 
like getting up their major, I guess, for a prospect. But uh, you have Raphael Martin, so I guess I understand it. And Brandon Marsh, I mean, he is a huge, huge upgrade over what they've had in center field defensively. And obviously, this is a guy who is a former top 50 prospect. He really hasn't been able to figure out in Los Angeles. But then again, outside of Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, not a lot of guys can, uh, you know, out there in Anaheim. So I, 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 I'm just hopeful that the Phillies see something they can fix this swing. But I, I really am excited about it from a defensive center fielder point of view uh point of view because obviously I mean you know as a Mets fan we've had our fair share of issues obviously Matt Veerling has been a lot better than the likes of Odubel Herrera um and yeah I mean I I just think I, I like that and then I really loved getting they did have to pay another hefty price for David Robertson but I love this trade because look the guy's a former Philly he really struggled when he was here former, former it Philly. feels like he wasn't even a Philly but he, he was never he was so hurt he was so hurt I know. And I don't know. He's been great this year. I, I get he doesn't have plus plus uh, velo, but to me, like our pen is just, it's the most depth we've had, obviously, I think in the Bryce Harper era and like, obviously the playoff drought era in general, I, I believe. I mean, you have Robertson, you laughed at me about Sir Anthony Dominguez before the year, but he has been one of the NL's best relievers, Griffin. Uh, He's been solid. He's been solid. Yeah. Um, and then I obviously Corey Knebel wasn't good last night, so this is a bad time for me to be saying this, but he's been rounding into form. Um, and obviously you have a guy like Brad Ham back there, but I, I just think it's it I like the move for depth. And like you I, for Syndergaard, I'm not I'm not so sure about Syndergaard, but they really didn't give they, they really essentially gave up nothing for this guy. So I'm not really too worried about it if it doesn't work out. He's obviously a rental, and you know, you guys we have we have four pitchers, I think, that are better than than uh, Noah Syndergaard, but I think they just needed a solidified fifth fifth guy at the end of this rotation. Like you said, 11 hits against the Nats, or like I said, 11 hits against the Nats in his first starting, first outing, you know, wasn't great. But look, look, he was getting used to it. He had just been traded two days before. He'll be fine, girl. He'll be fine. And he'll be coming back to haunt the Mets. Uh, I don't know about that. I I think next week. In one of these six games next week. I hope he pitches next week. I really do against the New York Mets. I think that would be – I mean, he kind of ducked them when we played them in Los Angeles. He was supposed to pitch, and then I was like, yeah, I'm going to take an extra day instead, and, and I'll pitch after. I mean, he's – look, I mean, he, I he had some great moments right. with the Mets, but it's clear that after no. the after Tommy John, this guy's not even a shell of himself at this point. I mean, He's really, I mean, it's going to be, I'm very curious to see his contract in the offseason, who signs him and for how much. I mean, the pitching market is very interesting. So, you know, maybe a team gives him 10 plus million. But at this point, it just seems like the guy didn't really have, he's lost his strikeout stuff. I mean, yeah, like you said, he's a fine number five. But, you know, Noah Syndergaard, you hear the name and, you know, you think of these guys, this guy's dominant years. It's kind of uh, crazy to see how, you know, the money have fallen. But yeah, I, I think the Phillies had a good deadline. David Robertson was a guy I really wanted for the Mets. So I was, I was very upset to see that, you know, the Phillies ended up with him. He was definitely, you know, probably the guy I was hoping for the most. They were connected with him. So I was, I was a little sad to see the, the Phillies get him. Brandon Marsh, like you said, I mean, this guy's not going to really do much offensively, but you know, you know, defensively he's, he's a great player and that's what the Phillies need in that, you know, defensive outfield for the ages. Um, and uh, Syndergaard, like you said, I mean, number five, he's, you know, this guy I, I hope really wouldn't be, you know, if the Phillies go in the playoffs, wouldn't be in a position to really start a playoff game at this point in his career. But, you know, he, he's better than kind of what they had in, in depth at this point. Starting pitching depth is so essential. I mean, that's what I learned with the New York Mets this year is obviously, you know, some of the names the Mets have aren't maybe the most flashy, but 
guys like David Peterson, Trevor Williams, I mean, these guys did an outstanding job stepping up for the Mets and really has allowed them to be in the position they are today where the Grom's back, Scherzer's back, and they're rolling. Like, starting pitching depth is everything in the major leagues, and you can never have enough starting pitching. So, good move by the Phillies. I think they had a good deadline. The NL East, I mean, it was a pretty quiet deadline overall, though, in the yeah. NL East. Like, I think a lot of people expect the Mets to make a splash, and including myself, I was hoping for it, but... You got Darren Ruff. I mean, on, the Daniel Vogelbach has been as good as any oh, addition has, out there. He's been, he's been unbelievable, dude. He really has. And I think, I honestly think that, look, I, I wish they got another reliever. I think I was very hopeful for a big bat. I'm happy with what they did at DH. I think that the upgrade, is, you know, with the platoon of, of Vogelbach and Ruff over J.D. Davis and Dom Smith is, I mean, insane and Tyler Naquin's been very good already too I know he's not going to play as these guys probably won't play at this level um especially a guy like Tyler Naquin but it's been good to see them start hot and and fit in and yeah I mean the Mets they did what they had to they probably could have gotten more we'll see how that bullpen does come October but look they 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 want to build you hear Steve Cohen you hear the front office say they want to build up that farm system they want to be the East Coast Dodgers and they really believe that they didn't, you know, they didn't, they, they stayed right on that thought. They kept all their top guys. So after having two first round picks, you know, having a deep farm system, something the Mets haven't really had in a while, they're committing to it. They've got a good team. So a lot, to, you know, I, I can't really complain too much. Obviously I wish, you know, Wilson Contreras, I, I still wish was a Met, but you know, the Chicago Cubs, I mean, we can talk about that real quick. I mean, you're in, it seems like every year there's a team that just, and I understand that, you know, some of these guys are tough to trade, but it, I mean, there's real no hope for an extension. It's like, what are you doing at this point? It, it's just mind blowing. I mean, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was shocked that neither have nor Contreras was traded. I mean, obviously you saw that hug. I mean, everybody on the planet expected both of these guys to be gone. You know, I, I thought, uh, I, I like you said. I'm just shocked because Contreras will be out of there at the end of the year. I mean, they get there. I mean, maybe they just thought the value for both of these guys. It was easier. Just they weren't seeing the value they were getting, and they just decided to keep them. I, I get that's the only reason. Which they're 20 games below 500. I mean, if they they might have thought it just been a better send off. I'm not sure because the uh, their demands clearly just weren't being met. It's not like they're they're not like you said. These guys. Contreras is gone at the end of the year. He's like 32 years old. They're not going to be competing with, with Contreras. And I mean, I understand you know, it's what, 20, like 27. So uh, I, I don't get it, but the Cubs, yeah. are, the Cubs are a weird team because you look at, I mean, they just tore it all down, but then they go out. I mean, they're because they're so in the spotlight because of the history of Wrigley field and their club's history. They're not like a big market team, but they're like, they always try and be good. So they made, they made these signings, the Marcus Stroman's, the Seiya Suzuki. So they still have all these guys, which is like, it makes me think they're going to be in a spot where they're just in like an endless rebuild where it's like, this is what I think. Like if you're going to tear it down, tear it down and just commit to the rebuild. And I understand you want to put good product on the field and, and be able to win some games for your fans. I understand that. I'm not going to get mad at that, but you know what the Cubs are doing right now, it doesn't make sense. I mean, my favorite move, the whole deadline was the Daniel Bard two-year extension from the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. A 37-year-old reliever gets basically $10 million a year. Good for Daniel Bard because who knows what would happen on the open market. In his career, he's been all over the place. So for him to go out and get 
say, I'm going to get my 19 million. Great move for him. I mean, absolutely amazing job. Very happy for Daniel. But in terms of Colorado Rockies, I mean, this is just, it's got to be one of the dumbest moves. I mean, not trading server story. You had that. You trade Arenado, pay the Cardinals to trade for Arenado, and then sign Chris Bryant, who's been a disaster. And now you've got a 37-year-old relief pitcher. Their team is not good. You're not going to seriously compete. Yeah, they're planning on competing. I mean, they're clearly competing, planning on competing. Well, how are they going to compete? They don't have any top prospects. I mean, I don't get it, Rob. I don't get it. I, you're asking the wrong guy. Uh, I, don't know. I mean, I think the night that the Nolan Arenado story broke is honestly one of the funniest nights I've seen as a baseball fan when it came out that it was actually, like you said, the Rockies paying – him to go to another team or paying the Cardinals to take it was unbelievable, but it, I don't I don't understand I don't understand. They paid him like it's like a Patrick Corbin type contract, right? Yeah, exactly, like, dude. Exactly. Like you you have to take it on. It's like Nolan Arenado is an MVP caliber player. He's an MVP player. He is. He can. I mean, I guess I guess in these obviously. mega deals, like we saw that happen with the Giancarlo Stanton, you know, Yankees deal, but. I mean, these poor teams, it's just like, what are you doing? Like, they'll literally pay money to get, like, saved, like, a, a, a $100 million. It's yeah, crazy. I mean, I, it's so different, though, because Nolan Arenado is going to walk into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, like you said, it just seems like so many of these teams have their have their feet in two buckets almost. It's just like, I don't I, – yeah, I mean, which I, I, I guess it's – I don't know whether it's healthy or unhealthy for the sport because – Obviously, Griff and I have talked about a lot about these teams that just aren't even going to ever even make an effort to compete despite even have like these stacked prospects. We'll always just say, yeah, they'll just trade them away whenever they want a contract. But it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's I, the the Rockies want to compete next year. I mean, that's sort of what all the review, all, all the reporters have been saying. I, I, I'm not sure how, but uh, I mean, they're in the division with two of the best teams in the sport. <laughs> yeah. They've got, I mean, not even a nutshell of the talent. They like who's Chris Bryant? Like Chris Bryant hasn't even seen the field this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think he's his season has kind of been chalked. I think ever sort of ever since. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about the New York Yankees because their season has been very interesting as of late. I mean. I've heard a lot of stupid excuses from these Yankee fans. I've heard they're not trying. They're, they have such a big lead in the division. Yeah, right, they stop trying. Yeah, right. I've heard uh, I've heard it all, man. I've heard that, you know, that series against the Mets, they didn't care. That That's the Mets World Series. So Mets are, you know, it was the Mets World Series against the Braves. It was the Mets World Series against the Yankees. Mets have, like, five World Series right now. I mean, we're this is, might be the greatest, most, like, storied season in in sports history five world series in one season i've, I've never seen anything like it bro wow. um <laughs> but yeah they you know they went out at the trade deadline we kind of talked about ben Intendi, who's been not good so far but i'm sure he'll turn it around he's a good player uh frankie montas they go out and acquire they didn't really give ultimately too much to get him i mean they did give some top prospects but not any of the the big names that were being thrown around per se they acquired scott afros from the cubs and then that Jordan Montgomery trade might have been the weirdest trade I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. And what are your thoughts on the Yankees trade deadline and where they currently stand as a ball club? I mean, I think they they had a fine trade. And obviously, obviously. They, 
they 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 missed out on their on their uh the on the on who they really wanted to and that was Luis Castillo and I kind of think after that everything from Yankee as Yankees fans are as their spoiled souls are I mean they they, they I think a lot of Yankees fans obviously are unhappy but I think Frankie Montes is still a, a great addition for them but like you said I think the weirdest trade I mean it made sense for both teams because they they needed a guy who could cover ground out there in, in the outfield but Montgomery I, I I don't like you pitching death is just so important like in uh, uh, especially. A, no, go ahead. I'll go on my little. He's, he's such a quality pitcher. But look, I think the Yankees, uh, I've been saying the same thing about the Yankees all year long. I, I, and obviously, I think, you know, now that they're not on pace for the best record in the history of the sport, it's a little easier. Oh, to my start. God. That's, yeah, that, that um, collapsed quick. <laughs> so I just think uh, the AL is a two horse race. And the AL yeah. is so, so, so bad. The AL Central is completely chalked. No team is beating the Yankees or the Astros in a five or seven game series ever. But I just think that they're not even, I understand the records are similar. I understand blah, blah, blah. But like, I just don't think that the Yankees are even close to where the Astros are right now. And obviously that's been their goal for seven years at this point, trying to catch the Astros. So, you know, I, I that's just, I, I just don't know if they're, if they're on that Houston level. Yeah. I mean, the Houston Astros, the, there's going to be a lot like documentaries in like 25 years or 20, 15, 20 years made on this team because, of course, I mean, this is one of the greatest dynasties that the sport has seen. And the whole cheating thing makes it even more interesting. We should, the, and the it, fact that they only have one World Series to show for it's pretty incredible, though. Well, they yeah. really, I just, they choked against the Nets and the, oh, never mind, man. They should have won both. The, they should have had they both, won both of those series. series. Especially yeah. that 2019 one. I mean, oh geez, my that God. rotation, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Zach Grinke. Oh, my God. And Justin that Verlander, by the way. Sorry, let me give a quick shout out to Justin Verlander, who is an ERA under two in his age 39 season. Perhaps <sighs> of his finest season at 30. That guy is an animal, man. And I understand McClendon is great, but he's right there for that AL Cy Young, Justin Verlander. No, he's, I, I think he's oh, – McClanahan yeah. has been bad these last few starts. I think Verlander, uh, yeah. even Dylan Cease has been. Yeah, Dylan, Dylan Cease has been. Dylan Cease is a freaking monster, man. And I wanted oh to make Cy Young too. That was the worst part at the time. I, I, I think about it often, Griffin, on this podcast. At, at our did we pre- uh, did we go for like Garrett Cole or some stupid Probably. stuff? Probably. I, I wanted to. Cease I'll never like, predict him for the Cy Young. He is not. He's at like a three-five ERA. It's just like. Yeah, I think. Yeah. But yes, uh, the Houston Astros are, I mean, just a, one of the best teams out there in like one of the greatest dynasties. I mean, you can't say that the sport is seen. They need another, they they need another one, World Series. Yeah, but like pure stretch of like dominance Dominant, in one, yeah. one conference, like this is impressive. And every year it's like, oh, they, you know, they lose Springer, they lose Correa. It's like, how do they do it? And then it's just they get better and better because they have all these guys and for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, the New York Yankees, like, I know I'm a Yankees hater. They had a fantastic deadline. Like, they did a good job. Frankie Montas, like, he's a solid pitcher. That's a great guy to plug in. Andrew Benintendi, I know he struggled, but he should yeah, be good. It's okay. another good bat. Scott Afros, like, you just look at the stats. You just look at the guy. You're like, the Yankees are going to make this guy, like, the next yeah, great yeah. reliever. Un- uh, they're going to make an absolutely unhittable dude. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, you know that guy's going to be, like, the, the next, like, the next thing out there next year. So, look, they had a great deadline. Um, 
the Jordan Montgomery move, I think, is the move that I just purely don't understand. And I think was where they messed up. And I think maybe they made it because they thought they would get Pablo Lopez. And, you know, in which case, you know, bad mismanagement, I guess you could say. But, yeah, you know, they, you look at the rotation right now. They've got Domingo Herman starting games because uh, Luis Severino was placed on the 60-day IL. There's, Aaron, like, whole dispute. It seems like he's, like, pissed off at the team, too, because he's like, I'm totally fine. And I just got put on the 60-day IL. So it's very confusing. But you look at their team right now, it's like if one guy gets hurt in that rotation, they are screwed right now because they've got obviously Cole, Nestor, Tyone, Frankie Montas, and then I think it's Domingo Herman right now because Severino's hurt. I think that's their, their that's all they got. It's like they're a team that's supposed to be this World Series favorite, but you get like let's say God forbid Nestor Cortez gets hurt. All of a sudden, Domingo yeah. Harmon right now is your four. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand it. Obviously, Harrison Mater's an elite defender, a good player, New York boy. So, like, he's going to be – the fans will love him. He's going to be great, especially when we've got – Aaron Hicks should be dfa I mean, that guy is just a disgrace. Over I mean, 33. Over his last 33. I mean, I get frustrated when I'm slumping, but, like, dude, like, you're a big – like, I don't think I've ever even had an over 33 slump. Like, and I get he's in the big well, league, so, like, it's I not a real comparison. Like, a but a lot of Yankees fans are also not happy about his like he is protected by the manager, dude. I mean, Aaron. It's very odd how this guy is just like he, that contract is terrible. But like, I mean, seven years for Aaron Hicks was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but like, like who? No one wants him, obviously, unless you pay the salary. But it's just like this guy can't be on the playoff roster. He just can't. Yeah. But um. Yeah, the Montgomery move was weird, but like you said, I think that – and look, y- Yankee hater in me, last 43 games, they're a game below 500. Like, they got off to this crazy start, and they've fallen back down to earth, like, severely. Like, this team is – everyone was playing at this astronomical level, and Judge still is. Judge is, I think, in a different tier from everyone else. But everyone else is kind of falling back to reality, and, you know, we'll see. Judge is – that's the thing about the Yankees with Judge is like, I do believe the Astros are better. I do believe that they've got to be the AL favorite by a decent margin. But if Aaron Judge gets hot, like this Yankee team can be can win the World Series with these. Oh, I mean, yeah, Aaron Judge. And look, different. they're not they're obviously a good team, no doubt. But like, this team will go as Aaron Judge goes. I think is how I, what I would say. When this guy is hot, like this team is 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 tough to beat. But. You know, we saw that Mets series against Max Scherzer. He struck out three times. Like, when it, when the tough gets going, what's going to happen with Aaron Judge? Is he going to show up and be the hero? Because, look, Aaron Judge is an incredible player. Top, you know, top five player in the sport. He's going to get paid like it this offseason. You know, he hasn't had that that big moment, I feel, in his career yet, where you can be like, this is, you know, out, you, know you look at some of these guys in the sport, you know, one of the most prominent to me is, Jose Altuve's walk-off home run against Hammond. Like, all these – like, when you're, like, on that level for so long and you're not, like, Mike Trout because you're stuck in, like, God – like, you're stuck in Los Angeles. Like, yeah. you, everyone kind of has that that big moment. And I, I'm still waiting for Judge's big moment, I feel, personally. I Maybe there's one I'm forgetting about. And, look, he said – this guy is unreal. Like, this – I'm not even – like, Aaron Judge is a freak. Like, what he's doing this year is just pure insanity. Like, this guy is the MVP – hands down right now like he is a superstar and every word of the every you know every syllable in the word he's a superstar 
Yeah. I'm just – I want to see what he does in the playoffs. And I he agree. very may well rip off 10 home runs during the playoffs. Like, this guy's a freak. I'm just – I want to see if he has the ability to just single-handedly, like, bring the Yankees and have them beat the Astros. That's been – that's their big rivalry for the last, like, six years now, the Houston Astros. They have not been able to beat them. Since that 2015 wildcard game where Dallas, Dallas Keiko pitched, they've not been able to beat the Astros in the playoffs. Yeah, seven years. I And the Astros have obviously owned them this year too. I mean, it's like – I'm just I, – I, I just like, – I hope that playoff series happens. ALCS. I, I really want it. That sport needs that. The sport I, – I, the sport I think Mets-Yankees World Series would be incredible. Yankees-Astros ALCS is, is – uh, not needed. The biggest draw would be Dodgers Yankees. Unfortunately, though, I don't know, Rob. I think Mets Yankees. I I think a Subway Series World Series would. I don't really. I think everybody has sort of been salivating for a Dodgers Yankees World Series for years. Whatever they well, were because you have the cool. histories of the franchise and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But I think in Mets, yeah. especially in New York. I mean, I obviously wasn't well, in New York. It would be. But, the city would be no, shut down for, 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 for a few weeks if that were to happen, to be honest. But sure. I – Yeah, Yankees-Astros, oh, like after the cheating scandal, you know, we we need that. We need it. I, I would because, imagine – Oh, God, Jose Altuve in the, in the Yankee Stadium. We didn't really get it. We didn't get – we haven't gotten the true, you know. We had the, you know – the Altuve walk-off was 2019, I guess. So, that it yeah, it didn't come out yet. 2020 happened. It was COVID, so they kind of got out of it. 2021, obviously, you know, Yankees lose wild card. And then this year, you know, I want to see that. We haven't seen Yankees. Yankees Astros playoff series. I I want it. I want it bad. Yeah. And I think it will. It should happen. It should happen. I just think I I understand that the Blue Jays, like, I just don't even think that there's a third team close to these two is the thing. And I think there's. I think like the players in the AL are, are, are realistically like the Astros in their own tier, then the Yankees and the I think I think like the only Blue Jays twins. I think the Blue Jays have a shot at beating a team, especially in like a five game series, because their their offense is the ability to get so hot that if they do, they can beat any team. Seattle Mariners pitching staff could also seriously yeah. be a threat in the playoffs because pitching wins championships. If I mean they have shut down Logan Gilbert, Robbie Ray, Luis Castillo, George Kirby Lee. They can shut down your offense, and they got a shot for sure. So, yeah. I would I would agree. Yankees, Astros are above the rest. You look at teams that have a shot and have that potential X factor. Blue Jays, Mariners, I think are the the only two other teams that would have a shot. Yeah, yeah, I would agree but, with that. I mean, they, they, this these playoffs are going to be. How, I how, think, about the, how about the Orioles, Griff? <laughs> What a team, man. I mean, this team, team is just such a Adley fun team. Rutschman, man. What a player. I saw some uh, a post on the Barstool podcast, starting nine. Uh, yeah, I think I saw the same one. Yeah. I mean, this guy is already a, a top five catcher in baseball. Five five catcher for sure. I mean, who, who really is like – the catcher position is so bad. But, like, top five. Like, I guess JT, even though he's had a bad year, is probably still up there. Contreras, I guess you could put it up there. As much as I was slandering JT, dude, he has really been like unbelievable in the past two months. He's hot right now. Like, yeah. and obviously, the value he brings on the defensive side of the ball. Is dude, catcher is just one of, like, that's why, like, Francisco Alvarez, man, like, I'm just salivating. Like, this dude, like, even if he's bad defensively, offensively, I, I feel like he's basically going to come up 
And if it trans, if his power and offense translates how it should, like this guy will be hands down the best offensive catcher in the sport, like right away. Let's see. Let's see, Griff. I, have you been seeing the home runs? No, I know. Today? I have been. I have been. I have. Been. I mean, guys aren't doing this, man. I, I just haven't seen your, this. Don't count your eggs before they hatch. That's all I'm saying. Well, look. I mean, the Mets last, I guess, real top prospect was like Ahmed Rosario, but like. There's a big difference between what Ahmed Rosario. Oh, God. That Ahmed debut is so anticipated, too. I remember that. I, I, it was. He was supposed to be the next, you know, the next big Mets shortstop. That's since Jose Reyes, and uh, you know that him and Dom Smith were just total. I mean, Ahmed's been fine with Cleveland. He's hitting like 290 right now, so he's been he's playing well. But Lindor is. Oh my God, Lindor has been huge for us this year. He's back. Lindor's. No, yeah, top three shorts. You know, you know, I'm the big Lindor guy. I'm the big. Lindor no, guy. I know. your mom is too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, all right, I, mean, I feel like we kind of covered most from the deadline. I mean, NFL wise, obviously, you know, I guess we're around a month now from. Yeah, might, is it exactly a month from when the season starts, or um, mm, or like a month and a week or something like that? I mean, let's check it out right now. Why don't we? I think it starts like. One, two, three, yeah, a day four. from tomorrow, a day from tomorrow, or, or wow. a week from tomorrow, I should say, a month from tomorrow. No, it's, I think it's the oh, right, because Thursday night, Bill's Rams. yeah, Bill's Rams kicks the season off. That's excellent. That's an excellent, <sighs> yeah. I mean, the NFL, it, it does rain king. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, obviously, news broke this morning, Cream Hunt has requested a trade, which, like, that's, I'm sorry, but I'm getting sick of this trade requesting stuff like a player like Kareem Hunt like sure you're good it was very injured last year you're the second running back on the Browns you're making six million dollars this year like dude like please stop don't request the trade dude like I you, you have one year this might end with him being cut though you don't think no I think he's like I think he'll play I think I'll play but I mean no, look the Browns have Dearness Johnson so it's like whatever if, no, I yeah, mean yeah. it's not whatever because Kareem Hunt is a fantastic player they need him but like He's also like a, a on, second. Dude. He's also running back at a certain point. Like he's also like the the second running back on a Browns team. But that's getting Deshaun Watson back in week seven or, or eight. I'm not really sure. Well, we'll see how this well, we'll see. goes. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. So what yeah. happens is it, if it's will they decide it for sure by the NFL season? The the outcome of the appeal or like uh, is there I'm a chance asking. he could play week one because it's like ongoing? No, I, I'm actually not sure. If I had to be, I'm not going to, because I, I really I don't. I feel like I haven't seen anything saying he could play week one. So I would assume that it's going to be resolved by week one. But it's very confusing. I mean, this whole thing is crazy. Yeah. No, and, you know, obviously lawsuits potentially might be on the way from the NFLPA. So, I mean, we'll we'll talk about him whenever we get, I guess, a ruling, really. It's tough to yeah. really talk about it. Until then, I mean, is there anything else in the the NFL world or sports world, really? I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, Matt Stafford seems like he might have an elbow issue. That seems yeah, a little and, concerning. And McVay has been very quiet about it. He hasn't really he hasn't really spoken about it too much. Well, one thing I saw is that it's abnormal for a quarterback, and I was that's like, a, that's, that's, "That's not like, a bad. And uh, I guess another one is Odell Beckham still unsigned. Yeah, I think he'll just kind of ride it out until he's probably healthy and. Hop on. Like I've said this before, but OBJ I thought was so good last year. Like he was great. He was great for the Rams. Yeah. I mean, and he was one of their biggest contributors in the Super Bowl, despite going out uh, a little early. 
the thing without is, him, they probably don't win that game, to no, be honest. No. No. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just about him signing this new. I think it's probably him, to be honest, just choosing to wait this out a little bit. Definitely. I mean, I, I think I'd love to see him on the Rams, but the Rams right now, I mean, they signed Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson is going to be great on the Rams. I think he's one guy. I'm definitely looking at him in fantasy and kind of, you know, I, 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 this Rams, I mean, Sean McVay is just a genius, I think, at the end of the day. And I think, I think Allen yeah. Robinson, you hear that they really wanted this guy. I think they're going to have a plan for him. And he's I not going to be. I do have a little bit of a confession to make, Griffin. I don't know if it'll upset you here. I, I'm just not as big of a Sean McVay fan as everybody else is. I have to be honest with you, okay? And I'll explain to you why. This guy, I think it's impressive. This guy's, what, 36, and he's, like, he's already won a Super Bowl. He gets, more financial, Super Bowls. he gets more financial backing than any other player in the uh, – well, that first made Super Bowl should never have happened. I mean, come on. I, I just – and I'll explain to you why I have this better. Look, Sean McVay – it was just because whenever people were talking about best coaches in the league, blah, 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 this is from like 2017, 2018. Sorry, guys, we went off on a little bit of a, of a rant right now, but I, he would always be compared to like Doug Peterson, and Doug would be looked at like so unfavorably, like, oh, he's not this. Like, Doug isn't even in like Sean McVay's tears. Like, it's just, and I guess it ended up being sure, but it just like sucked to see like Sean McVay, who at that point, who had never won a Super Bowl, despite it's just like this guy has so much money, like, so much money behind him. It's, I ridiculous. get that, but at the same time, like, you can't fault the guy for having talent around him. No, like, I don't the just, way he uses that. And like, you can look at like, like it's the whole Bel- Belichick Brady argument. Like is Bill Belichick, the great coach or is he just had the privilege of coaching Tom Brady for so long? Yeah, no, know? I, 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 I agree. I do agree. I, I just think like. Man. Sure. Is he probably overhyped a little bit? Absolutely. But I mean, I think you kind of have this whole stem of coaches that kind of no, came I, up together, him, Shanahan, you now have Mike McDaniel as a head coach. There's kind of all these minds that what there was who, who was the Taylor. other one? Zach, Zach Taylor. Taylor, yeah. They kind yeah. of all these young guys that all kind of came up and like you're seeing the success they're having. So they obviously are good head coaches. Sure. Sean McVay, this like unbelievable head coach and like once in a generation. Maybe I'll, not, but he's a I think he's a top five coach in the league. No, I, I think he's I, a great mind. I do agree with that. I, 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 and I but it, yeah, like you said, like when you have Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Matt Sav, or Cooper Cobb, like all these names consistently, like, yeah, like you should be doing well. Yeah. But listen, I I, and look, I like Sean McVay. I just think like there's so much, like whenever there's a broadcast of a Rams game, it's about Sean McVay's age and Sean McVay's smile and this and that. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, no, no, look, I think that the Rams are probably the NFC favorites this year, even if Matt Stafford can can remain healthy obviously look the bucks are in that conversation packers are a little bit bucks are, that bucks offense is they get julio jones i mean it's just like let's see how let's i'm very interested to see how julio performs under tom with tom brady because i think he can i think a, he might be good because there's dude like it's what happened with ab last year like yeah i mean chris like, godwin's practicing you have mike evans chris godwin and then julio like julio's not like julio's just not gonna have that like, sure, you look at Tennessee last year, total disaster. But the guy was still being guarded by arguably probably the ones most games because who's oh, the – I mean, they had – oh, I I, forgot, I thought it was Robert Woods for some reason. Yeah, I guess they had A.J. Brown. I knew they had – I for some reason blipped and thought Robert uh, Woods. Yeah, was, I mean, he's already – he's a new um, doesn't even matter. I think Julio will be good in that offense as the like third option kind of guy. It's just if he can stay healthy. I don't think he is what he once was. Obviously, he's probably 
trending no. towards washed a little bit, but I don't think last year was indicative of who he can be as a player, especially with Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback. But come on, man, that guy sucks. I agree. But all right, I think that will do it for this episode of Outside the Arena. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll be sure to ramp up our NFL content, I'm sure. And, you know, as the ML- MLB playoff chase continues, we'll be talking a lot about that. So stay tuned for all the latest content in sports. If you haven't already, please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Make sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Outside the Arena. Check us out on Instagram at Outside the Arena Podcast. Our Instagrams will be linked in the description. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you all in the next episode of Outside the Arena.